Welcome to the Activity Time Podcast, hosted by the SLE Marketing Team. What's poppin' Dons, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Activity Time. I'm Emilio. I'm Macy. And I'm Peter, and we're the SLE Marketing Team. In the previous episode, we talked to two USF students who got engaged on campus, their story and how they are currently navigating the relationship amongst the pandemic. For today's episode, we have two very inspirational guests that will be telling us about their business ventures, story, and impressive following on social media. Please welcome this week's guests. So would you all like to introduce yourselves and just kind of start off by telling us kind of what you're doing and, you know, how you got to start doing it? For a fact, yeah. So my name is Mitchell. I currently go to USF. I am a junior at the school. And so I come from a family that immigrated to the US in 1994 from uh, Belarus, ex-Soviet Union. So as you know, Russian family, super strict. And I always grew up with the background of my parents constantly pushing me, you know, to focus on school because my, my sister, she's always been super focused on school, you know, getting good grades, this outstanding student. So my parents always raised the bar on me to be like my sister. So elementary school, middle school, high school, grades were always the focus. And I was someone that would always go on Google, do my research, kind of look at different industries that I'm naturally attracted to. And through taking several internships through high school, such as in the IT space, mainly in that whole sector, I just didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't enjoy sitting in, the, uh, in an office. And I always knew that my skills catered more to someone that enjoys talking, marketing to people, uh, just getting to know people, understanding how a company builds itself, brings it to market. So that whole sphere. And then ultimately, I've known Emiliano, who's my best friend and business partner. I've known him since early middle school, and we started uh, growing our e-commerce business together. But prior to that, we started with a few smaller social media businesses that we'll end up getting into later. But essentially, as we dove into e-commerce and started growing that, that allowed us to then build more connections of business-minded people. Because obviously, going to a school and networking with people is great but at the same time when you actually grow a business and you're able to network with other business owners that are on the same path as you it opens your mind up and network up to different people with more like minds so that's a bit about me that Emiliano's here yeah so um i'm you know east coast born and raised for the first couple of years of my life born in boston children's hospital i grew up outside of boston to a family of two public school teachers um so you know 2008 hit got obliterated uh, moved here, brand new beginnings, south with a bit of debt, moved to San Francisco, uh, met Mitch in middle school, and just really hit it off. We've known each other for probably, I'd say, 10 to 11 years now, uh, so we're pretty much best friends and business partners, and you know, as Mitch touched on, he loves being in marketing, sales, all that side, he loves being you know, more of an ops guy. I'm obviously more of the back-end guy, finance, product, um, you know, just generally where the company's going, that's more what I do. Um, and as Mitch touched on, he's definitely more of the guy who's about connections and networking, all that stuff. I'm more of the back end guy. Awesome. Definitely. That's really, really cool. Like those stories and kind of how you got here. Um, so, you know, what do you, I know you all are up to more than one thing at a time, but like, what's kind of, what are you doing right now? Um, and like, you know, what's kind of like your current uh, project or venture that you're kind of working on? Sure. So as we began really focusing, well, actually, when we first started, we started off flipping Instagram pages because Instagram around three to four years ago, it was a platform that was much easier to grow on organically. Now I'd say LinkedIn is more of that platform. Um, I see some of you guys are active on LinkedIn, which is really good. Um, but now on Instagram, if you make a post, 
it's really hard to grow organically. So back during that time, we started growing and flipping Instagram pages and we would grow them using a viral method out, put your uh, post on the explore page, it would grow and then we would end up flipping that page to another company that wanted that sort of audience from an Instagram page. But we realized that it's not super sustainable because Instagram's always changing, the algorithm is always changing. And we ended up transitioning into e-commerce. And as we started selling on Amazon, it just made sense because it's a whole platform. You know, you guys have probably bought on Amazon over the past couple of weeks. I bought off Amazon a few days ago. Over 50% of all online sales come from the Amazon marketplace. So we ended up fully focusing on becoming sellers on this platform. And as we started growing our stores, we realized that there was a demand of other people wanting to get into the e-commerce space, wanting to learn. And that then allowed us to launch our startup, which we launched earlier on in the year, which is Scale Online. Uh, we all currently have a 10 plus member team in the US and the 50 plus store management team overseas. And that's currently been our focus because with this business, we essentially realized that while people do want to build their business, people are also lazy. The reality is that many people are lazy and you can only get so far managing a business by yourself. So we ended up creating a service in which um, our backend team is able to do all of that backend work for the person and growing their Amazon store. So that's, our, that's currently where our mind is fully focused on. So you started out uh, flipping Instagram pages. So essentially growing them up, selling them to other companies, right? Correct. Okay. And then from there, um, you kind of got into the e-commerce space directly through Shopify. Is that what you said? Or you went kind of right into selling on Amazon? Yeah. So we kind of had a couple different platforms we experimented on. You know, we obviously sold on multiple platforms, one of which being Shopify. We also experimented on other platforms, you know, eBay, Amazon, um, you know, all those different platforms. And then over time, we really realized is all, all these other platforms, all of them had issues and they weren't really as good and as, you know, growth oriented as Amazon. I'm sure many of you guys know, as Mitch said earlier, Amazon's the largest and one of the fast growing e-commerce platforms out there. So we eventually decided to pretty much dedicate all of our efforts to selling on Amazon and dedicate and really specialize on that platform over all the other platforms you're currently selling on. I have a question. Um... With, after since you shifted to Amazon, how do you di differentiate your guys' selves um, from other sellers out there and even on other uh, e-commerce platforms? Because I get ads all the time and I'm always questioning like who's legit and, and who's a scam, especially with it being such a prominent industry right now during the pandemic. So in regards to selling on Amazon, are you referring to us literally as Amazon sellers selling to someone that's buying a product off Amazon or say that someone is someone who is selling an e-commerce based service? Um, curious to know a little bit about both. If you you have something to share, would love to hear. Sure. So speaking directly from a producer point of view of someone who's a third party seller on Amazon, at the end of the day, if you're going on Amazon, you're just looking for someone that's going to give you the lowest price and the fastest shipping time. So the best way to differentiate yourself is having ways and having good connections with your suppliers that allows you to not just optimize your profit as a seller, but be able to give or get the product from point A to point B, which is your customer, not just the fastest amount of time, for, but with the best price possible. And there are many ways that we focus on doing that. Yeah, and also another part of it is also, I'm sure as you're also probably referring to is Mode is Warren Buffett likes to put it, or like what really differentiates different sellers. And at the end of the day, for us, our main priority and the main way we differentiate ourselves is the way we 
treat our customers, the way we treat our employees. Um, as we kind of touched on, we obviously have a pretty large team, both here and abroad, and a huge part of our success is just completely being oriented team-wise and having a great team culture, and that's really how we separate ourselves. Yeah, just something quick I want to bring up. As you know, Amazon, they're a platform that super obsessed with the customer. So if you, as a seller, are not giving customers a good service, well, then Amazon's just going to get rid of you. Amazon doesn't need you. They're big enough that, you know, at the end of the day, if Amazon got rid of Emiliano and I, that wouldn't make a huge difference to their platform. So at the end of the day, you need to provide a good customer service to the team. And one of the luxuries of having a big team overseas handling stores is that it's not just one person sitting a computer managing customer service, but it's different people at different times of the day being able to manage it. And then kind of how did you all kind of, um, you know, like what's your mission? What inspired you? Like what keeps you going every day? Um, I know it's different for a lot of people, but you know, for you, Emiliano, and for you, you guys have different kind of missions and inspirations, or do you kind of have a similar kind of uh, connection on that? I mean, what it really comes down to is really just driven on solving people's problems and just really solving interesting problems. As of right now, the problem we're solving is you're giving people a much better way to do customer management, order management, order fulfillment via Amazon. And, you know, I'm sure afterwards definitely will shift on to more, you know, impactful, larger problems, just kind of how it goes. The way we kind of like think about it is, you know, life and business is really just about solving people's problems. And, you know, you're going to solve people's problems, you're going to learn how to do it well. And then you're going to exit and you're going to go on to the next big problem. You know, we've done Instagram pages, we've done a little bit of Shopify. Um, we had a couple of short stints and other business ventures. And at the end of the day, what it just comes down to is how can I scale this? What's my exit and how can I make a bigger impact? Yeah, just kind of building off that, what we use Amazon for, aside from actually providing a good service to our customers and people buying a certain service or product, but we use that as a stepping stone to learn business fundamentals, create consistent cash flow to then look into something that is bigger and has more potential because as you know, the market is constantly changing. Amazon's not going to be around forever and kind of using it to create a business, create a strong base for you will then open up the doors for us to then go into a different industry where we see the market say is currently heading and really capitalize on that opportunity. I have a question. Um, so how did you both acquire all of this knowledge? Um, did you guys take up like any courses or was it mostly like self-taught or yeah, well, I'm curious to know a little bit more about that. Sure. So we spent a lot of time on YouTube and I'll be the first to say that if you want, don't want to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, teacher, scientist, YouTube will teach you a lot more than say a certain classroom would. And I love USF. The networking is great. The professor is great. Um, I love it there. But at the same time, there are certain things that you won't be able to learn from a certain platform and YouTube is the way to do it. And then also at the same time, while you could be learning from YouTube, there's a different sort of experience that you get from actually doing. And that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Sometimes you need to literally just start because YouTube won't teach you to get into the mindset of, risking money, the potential of losing money. Uh, this is going to sound cliche, but sacrificing a lot of experiences, a lot of people in your life. YouTube's not, YouTube will tell you to do that. But when you actually go through that, you're able to really see what kind of person you are and whether you should actually be pursuing the entrepreneurship route or not. Thank you. Sure. You know, I really, you know, that whole view, you know, this is getting a little bit into that school versus entrepreneurship idea. Um, you know, I totally connect with that because I feel like, you know, school is great for a lot of certain um, people in sciences and engineers and that sort of thing. 
Um, but you know, specifically for business, because it is so experience oriented and because no matter where you work, it's going to be so completely different from your previous job and you have to relearn everything that to me, it's almost like, you know, schools built on this fundamental idea that you, you know, back in the day, you either learn from books or someone that knows how to do something. Now you can literally learn anywhere off of anything. Knowledge is so insanely accessible. So, you know, I just really connect with that, that it's like the fun, like the fundamental idea of school is an old idea and it was made because knowledge is only accessible in a few different ways. And now that it's not, you know, that's reformatting what people think is school. And I think, you know, having online classes is totally reformatting people's, um, you know, mental net worth of what school is actually worth to them versus just learning off of all the infinite resources on the internet. Yeah, yeah Jake and Quizlet has definitely come in handy during this pandemic. <laughs> no, 100%. I definitely, I definitely agree with that because, for example, with what we're pursuing, say, selling on Amazon or starting a different tech startup, you know, school won't directly teach you that. And also there's that whole conversation with, oh, the school system is outdated. And part of that I do agree with, part of that I disagree. There are definitely different sectors, such as if you want to be a doctor or something, that's something that if you go to school for, you will learn a lot. Again, depends which school you go to. But at the same time, there is a great company, Safe for Coding, called Lambda School. And a lot of people join that company to become a coder and they teach you updated code. And you don't actually pay for the whole um, process of going through until you actually get the job and start getting paid a salary. So there are a lot of great minds coming out and creating solutions to people that say, oh, maybe school isn't fully for me. What are you guys seeing the e-commerce industry going now with entering in this new century and how the whole in-person experience has really changed? I'm curious to hear both your opinions on that. I mean, yeah, obviously with the whole pandemic, people obviously don't want to spend as much time out in person shopping all these different various stores. And, you know, through the pandemic, we've seen a huge influx of people personally shopping via e-commerce and on Amazon in particular. Um, put in perspective, our sales right now across all of our stores are a lot higher, actually, than we were last holidays. So uh, just to put in perspective, that's kind of the growth we're currently seeing. And, you know, year over year, e-commerce as a whole sector is up about a little bit. Of, I think it's a little bit over 44% um, since last year. So, you know, being said, the pandemic has obviously, fortunately, led to a lot of our, our growth right now um, and really just started the business right before the pandemic, you know, unfortunately, um, really started off in the United States. And, you know, it just really fueled our growth because a lot of people out there, let's say they had five customer service reps or five people basically managing customer relations on their store. During the pandemic, this increase in influx of sales has led to a lot of these people just simply being overloaded with the amount of customers they have to manage. And that's where we really come in. And that's how we've really fueled our growth. And just going a little bit based off that. So Amazon is obviously the powerhouse. Most people, when they shop online, they go on amazon.com and look for the product. And what I see happening over time is more competitors coming up. You know, as you, obviously Amazon is a powerhouse and they will do everything they can to wipe that competition out. But for example, I know Walmart um, recently released their own service, which is kind of similar to Amazon Prime. And as more people learn about the service, they will more likely consider checking out Walmart before just going based off what Amazon has to offer. There have been many times personally when I would go on Amazon and then I would go on Walmart and I would see a cheaper product. So as more retailers close down and e-commerce starts getting more traction, again, I see more competition for uh, Amazon coming up, but I think it's something that's short term and over time Amazon will do what they always do, which is adapt to that ever-changing market. 
Nice. Thank you so much for that. And just another question, a bit more personal, maybe, but like, how do you balance school, you know, and all your friendships and your business? Sure. So um, all of high school, middle school, high school, I was focused on grades. Um, and as I started fully focusing on my business, my networking skills increased. I've been able to build a much better network, but my grades became super volatile. And, you know, again, coming from a straight Russian household, my parents were not happy about that. They still don't fully understand what I do and why my grades are tanking. But hopefully one day um, they will understand. As for managing relationships, towards the end of high school, I became very, very strict and conscious about who I spend my time with and where I put in my time. There was probably when I first started pursuing um, flipping Instagram pages and then later on e-commerce, I was literally, I, re I remember just sitting at my laptop for a year straight, not going outside, just in my chair, staring at a screen and just researching, doing stuff, um, figuring out the process. And then there was at one point, Emiliano and I on our first venture, we ended up losing a good amount of money. So going into the summer, we got a summer job and saved up every single cent and then started over with new knowledge and just learning that uh, while Emiliano on the other hand, he dropped out. So you can go ahead and get into that. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think obviously it varies by person, but I, I think the common the common philosophy that you balance in your life, I think is honestly incorrect at the beginning of any business venture, of any major move in your life. Um, so for me personally, seeing the huge growth we see in business, I obviously decided to drop out because I think everyone wants to talk about balance and I, I really don't think that you can, you can have balance if you're in the growth phase. That makes sense. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, what is some advice that you would give for like aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah. I mean, the major piece of advice that I personally give is, you know, just start Mitch and I, obviously through our various other ventures before Amazon, we learned a lot. We lost a lot of money. We made a lot of money. And most importantly, you know, we've learned a lot of lessons. And the thing, the reason why I think we are, where we are today is because during those early days of taking all that risk, even though it was a couple of years ago, I think we got a lot of those lessons and a lot of those hard lessons out of the way when the cost of, to learn those lessons were a lot cheaper. For instance, we were 16, 17 years old and that was trading stocks or, you know, we were doing flipping Instagram pages. I think the amount of lessons we learned during that definitely helped us avoid some very cost lessons that would have happened down the road. So I think the most important thing people can honestly do is whether it's business or not, you just, you just need to start because at the end of the day, you're going to learn a lot of valuable lessons that if you otherwise didn't, you're going to make those mistakes and they're going to have larger consequences down the line. Yeah. And just kind of going off of that note, I always like to bring up the gym example, how going to the gym is hard, but once you actually walk through the door, then you can get the workout out of the way. And then another point that I would bring up, and I stress this a lot, I probably say this too much, but you want to work on your business and not in it. And a lot of people, whenever they start their business, they're literally by themselves just trying to figure everything out. And that is one of the biggest mistakes and time wasters that you can possibly do because I bet you just can't name me one business that has grown successfully and lasted without a team as a one man show, you just can't. And one of the best ways to approach starting a business is say, for example, there's a certain part of your business, such as website design. You don't, you don't have the skill. You don't know how to build a website and manage customer service flowing through the website. Go on Fiverr, go on Upwork, find a site like that and hire someone to manage that for you. Because what you need to focus on is figuring out what you're good at, what your specialization is and then fully double down on it. So if you're really good 
at you know digital marketing why in the world would you try learning code because there are people somewhere across the world staying up 24 7 learning code because they're naturally attracted to it you're never going to be as good as these people the market is just going to end up pushing you out so you need to really focus on what you're good at and then find other people that compensate for what you're not good at and that's one of the reasons why emiliano and i um, are business partners because he's good at what i'm not what he likes doing i don't and in that way we're able to compensate while running our business you both make a very interesting point and kind of adding on to what you had said um i actually want to share an article um, from pitchbook.com. It's called student-led companies look to adapt after the pandemic rattle plans. Um, basically, it just talked about how student entrepreneurs got an early taste of the pandemic's economic effects on the startup world and culture. And now that they're graduating into a bleak economy, some have already seen funding fall through and business prospects evaporate. So there's been a lot of like mixed feelings with people, you know, oh, there's a boom of ideas. Some people are saying that the funding is drying up from investors, but other people are saying American venture capitalists out there are pitching with programs to support um, these entrepreneurs who have even been separated from their college communities. And um, so I know we're kind of in like this gray zone right now with us being uncertain on when we're going to be able to go back. And just an additional question to what you both had shared. I love the advice you had given. Um, is there anything else I would love to hear for um, from you guys for like basically the aspiring student entrepreneurs out there that are wanting to build a startup right now, but they're hesitant because of this pandemic right now, whether it be like forming a team or just, you know, reaching out to the venture capitalists out there to seek funding. Because um, myself, I mean, I'm, I've been trying to build a startup on my own and definitely had a lot of its challenges because of the pandemic. Sure. So I definitely say during a pandemic that has inevitably led to a recession is without a doubt one of the best times to start a business because this is when you're really able to see where the opportunity is and where the market is headed. And for example, while during a recession, during a recession, there are people that are going corporate and they're struggling. That's absolutely horrible. But at the same time, from a business standpoint, a lot of weak businesses get wiped out and you're able to see which businesses get wiped out and which ones end up taking off, such as Facebook, as you see, Tesla is literally outperforming. And through seeing which businesses are thriving, you're able to see where the market is headed, where the opportunity is, you know, what you should be researching, what you should be approaching, and then really execute on that. As for when it comes to, say, you wanting to raise money, Emiliano and I haven't gone through the phase of raising money, so there would probably be better sources to get that sort of information from. But you're someone that wants to have a track record going because if you're someone that hasn't started a successful business before or company and don't have a, again, a track record in back, you don't want to approach a VC without having actual numbers to back your business up. Yeah. And a lot about in business is just, you know, obviously getting that funding. Um, for Mitch and I personally, we haven't seen a reason to raise VC dollars as, you know, we, we have sold an Amazon in the past. We have a very solid record with our um, credit issuers. So we mainly raise in the form of debt obligations instead of giving away equity because we just see that as a much more long-term vision to our personal growth. But um, I, it's like Mitch said, I just highly recommend that everyone during this pandemic sees what businesses are dying off, where opportunity is, and really just sees, seizes the opportunity that you see in the market and just position yourself accordingly. Very cool. Yeah. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I, I actually, you know, you do see a lot of companies come out of the, you know, this pandemic, you know, I, I there's this company right now called Farmbox. Um, 
I'm actually working with them on some projects, but what they're doing is they're working with farmers in the Bay Area and delivering farmers market quality groceries to um, different consumers around the Bay Area. So, you know, they're solving two problems. They're helping farmers out by, you know, um, you know, they're being affected by the pandemic and their farmers market sales are down because they're closed and they're helping people who don't want to go to the grocery store. So, you know, yeah, that's just one example. You know, there's a lot of opportunity um, among chaos and you do. I totally agree with that. You totally see what companies are, you know, built on good principles and can survive this and which companies are built off like poor principles and have a poor foundation and don't survive. And it's usually, I feel like, because their basis and their founders were not even in the right mindset initially. And, you know, they're just not in it for the right reasons. So, you know, that's, yeah, I really like what you guys said about that. But, uh, you know, moving forward, we actually have a couple Phoenix announcements just, you know, for our USF community about what's going on. So the first thing is the study abroad virtual fair. Um, the Center for Global Education is inviting you to register for sessions at this virtual fair on September 14th through the 18th. Um, you can check out various study abroad opportunities, meet with program representatives, and get all your questions um, answered about study abroad. You know, because of the pandemic, this is obviously kind of a big thing. And there's a lot of people wondering about, you know, how we're going to go about this and, you know, come spring, come next year, if you're planning to study abroad. So definitely attend this event to get all your answer, uh, questions answered and make sure you can get your study abroad plan in place. The next announcement we have is we're going into the third week of the Rec Sport Challenge. This is an 11 week um, challenge filled with lots of fun uh, recreational activities during the semester. Um, the requirement this week is to attend one workshop, either the Yoga 101, Fitness 101, or Running 101 this week. Um, you can complete this in one or of all um, challenges with a team or just on your own. Uh, this is a great opportunity to just meet people around you and also um, you know, get that cardio and uh, <laughs> exercise in because the gym's being closed right now. Definitely. And Maisie, guess what? What? Did you know that the 2020 Fall Student Leadership Conference is happening on November 13th, and this year's theme is putting the act in activism. Right now, they're looking for presenters to host programs. Oh, what programs are they looking for? So right now, you know, we're looking for programs focused on community, liberation, and social change. I would be so interested in this program. Where would I find more information about this? Check out our website by searching USFCA SLC or SLC on the USFCA website. Submissions for program proposers are open on September 24th and are due at 11.59. Awesome. Thank you, Peter. I'm looking forward to applying and being at the conference. We And don't forget, proposals are due on September 24th at 11.59 p.m. Yeah, well, that's a wrap, guys. I mean, thank you so much um, to our guests for coming on. Um, we do appreciate the knowledge that you have shared with us and your experiences. And I'm hoping that our viewers can get a bit more of a sense of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Awesome. Where can, yeah, where can we find a follow? You know, what's your YouTube? What's your Instagram handles? Yeah, so my Instagram is at MitchellMZ and then Facebook, LinkedIn, all that is just Mitchell Zvigelski, my full name. And then on YouTube, you can find us at ZGN Talks. And my, my uh, social media handles are Emiliano LGU on Instagram and then for LinkedIn and all those platforms, just use my first and last name. Perfect. Well, it was and very you know, nice to hear from you, Mitchell. And uh, nice to meet another Emiliano out there. That's pretty rare for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's tough out here. Yeah.
<laughs> Thank you so much, guys.